Hello, everybody. It's Ryan from Pi Records, and I'm here with Lewis Bailey of Stingray International, the Surf Kings, and the Nova Rays, and the Sunny Side Five. The Sunny Side Five, that is correct. So, oh, hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me on. I mean, Ryan, I've been watching your videos and such, and you're talking to everyone, and I think that's just really incredible because I know that. I know that the surf music is is um, it's a very tight knit community, uh, but it's also spread all over the world. Yeah. You know? yeah. So you know, surfer Joe in Italy, what's going down in Mexico, to you know, all over the U.S. and in Canada. I mean, in Japan for crying out loud. You know, there's a yeah. lot of good stuff going on. So it seems like you really <laughs> went in head first and. And got your feet wet with that, no pun intended. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really I'm really trying to get as many as I can. And it seems like every season I do this, um, mm-hmm. there's 50 more bands I haven't heard of. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like I'm on trust me. This is the last interview I'm doing this season. You're the last interview for oh well there I I I feel quite honored. Episode, episode 50 um <laughs> and i very rarely double up uh I, i'm more than i'm more than willing to but there's just so many bands out there there's a lot there's a lot um you know in, in fact it's so funny um i've been out here in uh, california in uh, uh, san francisco uh is where where i call home now and uh, i've been out here for about two and a half years now Come March, it'll be three years. Yeah. So it's like, I'd always seen like, you know, and heard of bands, you know, through the nineties, you know, and they were all like happening in, out of San Francisco, San Mateo, you know, Hillsdale records, Johnny Bartlett, Johnny Bartlett is like, you know, wow, that guy, not only is he just a great friend, he was like, you know, when I, when I was living like in Birmingham, Alabama, you know, and doing like garage rock stuff for this little band I had called the Crystal Twins, we were, I was like looking at stuff and I was like going, the mummies, Hillsdale, yeah. what? what, you know, and I was like, who are these people, you know, what is this, this is great, this is what I want to be doing, yeah. yeah, but it was just, uh, and then when I, I met Johnny Bartlett, because it was like, my introduction was like, you know, the mummies, and then the Phantom Surfers, and they were both coming from the same place. And I was like, wow, you know. And so years later, here I am. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. Just to be able to go from a place like, um, I moved here from Orlando, Florida. And to go from a place that had one club that, that had live music, and everybody was trying to, it was clamoring to get into that club and play. To come into a place that has a dozen or so live music places, every single one of them just as good as the next. And I'm just like, wow. It was just like, it was just, I I, I felt like I was going to really, quote unquote, blossom out here. And it really, really, it did, it did seem to help. So Awesome. And I'm a bit... Uh... San Francisco, I'm from Philly, and San Francisco uh-huh. always reminded me of Philly, but on the West Coast. It, it always Oh, really? That. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I lived there, I lived there 20 years ago in Monterey, 
Oh, okay. And uh, and I used to take day trips up there, and uh, hmm. and I loved it. My my wife and I loved it. That whole Santa Cruz down to Monterey, yeah. You know that whole oh, just coming down uh, one is just yeah, it's just gorgeous. The first time my girlfriend took me down one, I was like, I was like in awe, you know, because like you know I come from Flatland, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sure, there's the coast of Florida, which is absolutely gorgeous and stunningly beautiful. But like when you're like up on on the side of a cliff, you know, I mean, literally yeah. the whole coast uh, is is like eroding slowly into the Pacific, <laughs> yeah. and, and it is like it's really, you know, it'll 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 take you back, you know, because like you know the beauty is just overwhelming, yeah. especially for somebody like me. So yeah, I'll hope one <laughs> <laughs> big sir big sir is amazing if you've ever been down there it is it, it's you know it's the whole damn coast is just so so gorgeous I, I love it i love it and um and uh you know and there's stuff going on down there in santa cruz um who is it uh, oh the merman i don't know oh, if yeah. you talked to those guys not yet but uh they are playing um new year's eve uh on ocean beach here in san francisco okay. uh, and i cannot wait to go see that my girlfriend and i got tickets to go see that nice. i just got to uh i've got to take a disco nap because <laughs> i'm usually in bed about 9 30 <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, i take a little disco nap you know i can i can <laughs> say uh it's a bitch getting old man it's a bitch oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you started out uh, around the same time I started out in the in the mid nineties. Um, uh -huh. Tell me about Stingray International and how that all got started, and, and it just kind of kept going from there. With Stingray International, um, Stingray International uh, came came uh, around when um, uh, my ex wife and I put that together. And she had played bass in Tokyo and uh, with a, a, a few different bands. And she was really into the garage scene. In fact, it's so funny. I'll back up a little bit. Um, back in the early 90s, I was uh, touring with a band out of Athens, Georgia called uh, The Woggles. And they're a garage rock band. A lot of fun. Um, just just amazing. There's been, <laughs> there's been a lot of... of talk about the woggles through the years and how they just they just keep going manfred jones and company man they do it they just keep trudging along you know and it's so funny when i first joined that band they always said you know look you gotta understand something lewis the motto of the woggles is uh we go further for less <laughs> <laughs> so uh so anyway uh Fast forward um, years after I was out of the Woggles, um, uh, Manfred Jones and, and the Woggles came to play a show in Tallahassee. And I was at that show and I was loving it. And um, and uh, he pulled me aside after the show and he was like, Lewis, you got to have a copy of this. It was like a little fanzine that somebody had put together. And um, and her name was Naoko Goto. And I was reading this fanzine. It was a Japanese made fanzine. I think by that time they had only gone to Japan once. Um, but anyway, um, 
Nalco met them, hosted them, you know, and, and took them around and translated for them, that sort of thing. And um, did a really good job. And they're like, you know, super tight even today. Um, but like, the funny thing is Manfred said, Hey, you gotta, you gotta check this out. You're in here. I was like, Oh, I am. Okay, cool. And I looked it up and uh, they, she had spelled my name wrong. And I was like, Oh, well, well, that's okay. But you know, the thing that impressed me about it is like, it was so well done. So I started writing her and I wrote her and I said, this is a really well done thing. Yada, yada, yada. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, she came to visit. We ended up getting married just simply wow. because, you know, we really were, we, we found ourselves very compatible. Um, and, uh, and so I knew that she played bass, um, but I didn't know that she was connected to people like the five, six, seven, eights, Jackie, oh, yeah. sevens, um, Guitar Wolf, Seshi from Guitar Wolf, close friends. I think they grew up in the same prefecture. Uh, and I was like, wow, this is kind of cool, you know? Um, but like we started playing, I, I said, I'm, she introduced me to a lot of the Eleki stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Japanese 60s surf thing. Because you have to understand, um, in Japan, during the 60s, um, just before the Beatles really took off, um, you know, surf music, they, they were listening to the Ventures and the Shadows and things like that. And the Ventures, when the Ventures toured Japan, they were already famous before they even set foot on Japanese soil. Oil. so like all their concerts were completely sold out all the time and it created this entire japanese eleki boom and like guitar makers like you know Gyoya and taisko i mean they were all pumping out guitars pumping out guitars because there was such a high demand because they've seen the ventures you know and um and so the, the ventures were like you know the japanese people so so there was all these little um, Japanese style surf bands that were kind of surf, but in a very Japanese way. And I thought it was really interesting because like, it was kind of almost like Western meets Eastern in a nice little marriage of like moody instrumental things. And uh, Takeshi Teriyachi is uh, one of those guys who, who did it along with Yuzo Kayama. And so she introduced me to a lot of that stuff. And uh I thought I need to, we need to cover some of this because everybody's heard like, you know, walk, don't run a million times, but nobody's heard black sand beach. And, you know, we're talking like 96 or so. And, um, and so when we got together, we, we put, we got that going and, um, you know, matching outfits, the whole thing. I had some friends of mine, uh, joined the band and, uh, we couldn't find a, a, a fantastic drummer. Um, we did record with a really fantastic drummer, but he wasn't really a quote unquote part of the band. Um, but it came together quite nicely. Unfortunately, you know, nobody appreciated it. I mean, or I didn't publicize it. And this was like pre, it was just on the cusp of the internet, you know, yeah. Netscape was, was a big deal. So, yeah. you know, I remember that. And I remember like, yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, you have it like, it's right on that little edge there, that precipice of yep. before the, the, the internet just took off. So um, it was, I was, I feel like we were lucky that we got to play some places that we did get to play. So, but that was a great band because through that band, um, I got to uh, play with some of my uh, 
favorite people in the world, uh, uh, Gary Evans of the Intoxicators, and also George Dial of the Intoxicators. Most of those guys are have been doing surf music ever since I introduced them to them. <laughs> and it's great because it's so much fun. I mean, there's this whole there's this whole Tallahassee scene, you know, of great punk rock music because it's a college town, you know. Yeah. And um, but it just it just I think, you know, the intoxicators took off with the, with the tiki culture and, and uh, the hukilau celebration down in Fort Lauderdale. And so suddenly people were discovering that, you know, wow, there's there's really cool surf bands in, in, in the state of Florida. And my album is just, I mean, when you look at it, there is just like, ton, I mean, everybody on here is from Florida, except for my ex-wife who's from Tokyo. So it's, it's really nice to, uh, to, to display this talent that I wanted to do because a lot of these, yes, there you go. I, I have it right here. So, you know, so this was, was just my way. Uh, uh, I put this out during um, COVID, the shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was just like, I had, I had to do it because like we, a lot of these things existed in different little places, mainly on like demo cassettes and CDs, you know, that we had sent out as promos. But like, this is the first time that any of these bands had been on vinyl, you know, and with these songs. So I, you know, it's just as much a dedication to those people that I played with at that time as much as a uh, document of uh, some of my originals and some of my favorite covers that I like playing. Yeah, Black Sand Beach. Black Sand Beach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Yazor Nahoshi, which is not on the album. I almost put it on there, but like Yazor Nahoshi, another great Yuzo Kaima tune, which is just one really fun to play. You know, Three Blue Stars, another great one to play. You know, there's tons, tons of Yuzo uh, stuff with uh, uh, Terry Takeshi uh, Terry Ouchie on guitar, lead guitar, which is just fabulous, yeah. fabulous stuff. So awesome. So it, it uh, when I listen to the to the album as a whole, I don't see a mm -hmm. lot of difference in like in the recordings. And Dave yeah. Klein, Dave Klein uh, remastered it, and he did a terrific right. job of making it sound cohesive between all the songs. Um, I'm sure you were very happy with that. Oh God, yeah. Um, let me tell you, David Klein. Uh, for those who who are not in the know uh, of Bombora's fame, uh, and I believe he used to play in the Thinks. You can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> but David Klein, he is like he—he's the jewel of this record. He's the—he's the unsung jewel of this thing because I sent him. I was trying to send him like uh, um, all the uh, files that we had of like you know Pro Tool files with every yeah. track and we done so he could remix it like that. And I just couldn't find him. I could not find them, or they were on like scratched up cds that i had collected uh, you know just yeah. had, had a storage for a while and i was like david look can you help me out here all i've got are these mp3s is there any way that you can make them sound like a cohesive album 
yeah, you yeah. know, I go, they're recorded in different studios. They're recorded over different times with different types of things. Is there any way? He goes, oh, yeah, Lewis, don't even worry about it. Just send it to me. I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. I was like, all right, cool. And I'm thinking, all right, well, this may this could, this could go either way, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah. he really just, I mean, it was a home run. It really was. I recommend anybody who wants to do something like that to to seek out David Klein because man, he knows his stuff. He's so very talented. He's got ears. He really has good ears. Yeah, cer- certainly. It's it's fun to watch him uh, on Facebook. He posts every mm-hmm. time. Every time he's with a new band, he posts a picture of himself with the band, mm-hmm. and it's just he he just loving what he does, and it, and it really comes through on the music that like like the Ghastly ones and and uh, and, and all the, all the bands he's worked with. It, it's mm-hmm. just. Uh, it's just um, he's a you he, can tell. Every time you pick up a record, it almost always mm-hmm. has Dave Klein's name on it. Oh yeah, I mean any any stuff you, you know, that you and I would want to listen to. I mean, if you're into this sort of stuff, you can sort of like seek him out. It was kind of like it kind of reminds me of like back in um, the '80s when I was listening to lots of uh, anything from Athens. You know, like a lot of Let's Active and uh, a lot. Of, early rem stuff like that you know if it had mitch easter's name on it i was like oh i gotta i gotta buy this i don't know who this band is but i gotta buy it because mitch easter put it together so this is going to be something that i like which was i was really really into that sort of thing back in that day because the guitars were just like right up front it wasn't like you know crazy rock and roll that was thoughtful you know um but, you know, it sort of, you know, that whole scene sort of gave way to the grunge scene. And then, like, yeah. everything just moved on. It was it was kind of nutty. Um, but there's still there's still so many fun bands out of Athens, Georgia right now. I love them. Love them all. Um, mainly uh, uh, Vanessa. Vanessa Hay, a uh, 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 pylon fame. Uh, she's in a band called the Pylon Reenactment Society um and those guys it's basically her she's the only one that was the original you know uh, member of pylon do fronting this band doing all these pylon songs which were you know just as much her songs as they were her bandmates and uh oh, talk about good i mean you can't see uh the original pylon in concert anymore but pylon reenactment society or prs you can see them and uh man it is it's good you're you'll still be dancing your ass off you know awesome. so that's a big shout out to vanessa there so but uh but yeah dave klein's great i love him to death he did our new single um it was a sunny side five um and uh I, I was interesting to to get your take on it what what did you think i mean compared to my album that you listened to how did you like uh pink slip I, I loved it. Uh, I also love that it's pink. I love the vinyl's pink. <laughs> uh, we did a we did a review on it. I, I sent it to you. Yep, that's the one. And yeah, uh, and it comes with the adapter. Yeah. Yep. I figured I'd I you know give the kids a uh, uh, a freebie <laughs> because like you know first of all pink slip you know 
I, yeah. I wanted to get the uh, the old time, you know, big hole, of course. Yeah. But then I thought, well, some people may not have adapters. So, you know, I'm just, I did that. That's yeah. the last time I'm going to do that because going through these adapters and getting them ready to like pop into these, oh, that's <laughs> some labor intensive. Yeah, because you're not that I'm complaining. Yourself, right? I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the great thing about this is that uh, Bob Daly actually uh, requested I be on a um, a compilation album with uh, a lot of other uh, great bands uh, like Surfer Joe from Italy and yeah. uh, a few more that uh, my mind's slipping. Um, but it's a uh, it's a tribute to his old band called yes. uh, um, Wave Walking, a tribute to the Surf Raiders, which was Bob Daly's uh, old band. He was a second generation um, uh, surf band in yeah. the 80s. Um, and uh, and he heard my album, he liked it, and he was like, Louis, do you think you could you could put a thing? You know, here's, here's, here's three songs, pick one and cover it. And so what we did is we went with uh, Hot Foam Rider. And uh, Hot Foam Rider... And when I listened to it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. But and I, and then I thought, you know, when I when I choose covers for for the Sunnyside Five, which we do a lot of covers. I mean, we have some originals, but we do a lot of covers mainly. Um, but when, when I pick them, I, I try to like think, OK, I know what my drummer can do. I know what my drummer can't do. I know what my bass player is good at. I also know what she's you know not as great at. And mainly, I know what I'm good at, and I don't want to push myself, you know, too much, you know, beyond the limit, especially if I'm doing a project like this. So, um, so we picked Hot Foam Rider, and um, it actually turned out really good. We did a, a, a really nice arrangement of it, I think. And, um, and then the middle part, you know, it's just like a, like a key change climb up the neck. Yeah um uh with a with an extenuated sort of boom 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 and then back to the main melody which i love because i was thinking how am i gonna make this a little more exciting and i thought maybe some hand claps in there you know we tried some hand claps and then i was like no i know exactly what i'm gonna do i was like dave could you play bongos give me like a Preston Epps sort of thing on here, man. You know, could you do that? He was like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so he did. And uh, it, we, we had a really good time uh, putting that out. And, uh, and then I thought, well, this is great because we'll have a song from the CD actually on vinyl before it comes out on yeah. the album. So it, well, I can help promote that album, you know, uh, with my own and my own my own band with with the uh, the original pink slip so so that's uh, that's I, a I lot just, of fun we're so happy to do that i just learned about that compilation from the man himself uh i spoke oh yeah to, i spoke to him i think a week and a half ago uh -huh. and uh he went down the list of all the bands that are on it and uh mm -hmm. i think it's going to be a double cd am i correct That, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I, I can't remember what he said, but he said surf cookies or green cookies putting it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think they're out of Sweden or someplace. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I think Greece. But, uh, but uh, Greece, yes, you're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just like this guy, I mean, he literally wrote the book on surf music. And if you don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, 
Go out and get yourself. Look at me. I'm plugging everything here. Awesome. Uh, go out and get yourself a copy of this book. It's called Surfing Guitars. Uh, you know, instrumental uh, instrumental surf bands of the '60s, right? There he is, man. There he did personal interviews with everybody, including my favorite, uh-huh. you know, uh, the truants and also uh, the trash men. I mean, everybody's in here. It's just like if you want to know about like some of the well-known ones, some of the uh, not so well-known ones. Um, he did a great, great thing with uh, Kathy Marshall in here. Listen, when I was on tour with the Woggles, I had a first edition of this book. This is I think this is like the second edition that we put out. And um, I was I was on tour with the Waddles. We were going out west with, uh, I think it was, um, I think we had uh, um, uh, Dexter Romweber, Flat Duo Jets, doing a solo thing with us. So he were, were like, we were in the back of the van, right? I was reading that book from cover to cover. You know, each, each story basically, you know, was like, you know, we were in high school and uh so-and-so had a brother who played saxophone you know and you know he was 16 so he could like drive you know and you know and i was like what? all these like white suburban kids from southern california you know uh putting it putting it all together you know it really was truly like the golden age of the middle class and in, in america at that time and i don't think it would have happened without that that financial uh, um, um, kind of uh, thing going on. Yeah. Because everybody, brand new, you know, electric guitars for Christmas because, you know, they, they showed an interest and their father or mom was like, let's, let's have him play some music. It'll be good. It'll keep him off the streets. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I loved it. I loved it because of the innocence of the whole thing. And plus, I'm not the best singer in the world, but, you know, I'm a pretty good guitar player, or I like to think I am, and, you know, playing that, playing, figuring out all the surf uh, tunes and surf classics was really a lesson in me getting better on guitar, yeah. so I just went with that, and I just, I thought this could be a viable commercial thing to make some money on the beach, you know, so <laughs> that's, that's kind of the way I got into it, you know. Like a lot of people, I I, um, I grew up with a, a hand-me-down uh, uh, library of records from my older brothers, and a lot of Beatles, a lot of Stones, Mountain, uh, every, every now and then like a Dwayne Eddy, you know, yeah. sort of thing that I would like to listen. I mean, I'm talking like I'm five years old or so, right? And in fact, it's so funny because I was telling my girlfriend this story the other day how um we were we had just finished watching get back the fame the, the oh amazing, yeah you know uh eight hour you know thing yes it's it's, it's, it's amazing if you're a good Beatles fan or if you're a record nerd at all i mean it's like wow and um and uh i was telling her how like uh, i remember in 1970 when uh, Let It Be came out. And like at the time, my brother came into the living room and I was listening to our old Zenith console stereo. And I was probably listening to something like Yesterday and Today or Rubber Soul because those were the Beatles albums that I was used to, that Revolver, that kind of thing. And uh, 
my brother came in and he was like eight years older than me. He was like, get your shoes on, buddy. We're, we're going down. We're going into town to get the new Beatle records. I go the new Beatle records. He goes, yeah, it's going to be great. And I was like, okay. And so I put my shoes on. We, we, I was riding the back of the station wagon. We got to the, to the, uh, <laughs> to the little, uh, golden, golden drugs, uh, in, in Blundstown, Florida, you know, 1970. And, uh, and there's like a, a little spinning rack of LPs, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, and let it be. He picked out let it be and uh, took it up to the counter. And I'm like going, Carl, let me see it. Let me see it. I want to see it. He goes, no, no, no. I got to pay for it. You know, I'll let you see it in the car. And so we got into the car. He's pouring through it, right? Because it's a gatefold with a little, yeah. you know, pages and stuff. And I'm and and he's looking through it. I'm like, you gotta let me take a look. I, he goes, all right, all right, but don't mess it up. I was like, okay, I'm good. And so he let me listen, look at it. And uh, you know, and there's a cover of Let It Be, the famous cover of all four Beatles, you know, with their beards and everything. And um, and I looked at it, and the first thing I thought was like, I was like, Carl, I thought you said this was the Beatles. Who are these four hippies? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> I was five. I was five. So. Here's the youthful enthusiasm. <laughs> well, one of the things I I find is that you put this you put this out yourself. Yes, I did. And the the quality when you get a vinyl with good quality, it, it's it's not just a record and music. It's it's the whole package. And like it's the whole package, exactly. And what you did was you documented pretty much your life's work here. And it, it's all documented, the players. Um the, the insert is is full of information. And like I said to you before the interview, um mm -hmm. I think um there's a huge story that could be told about uh, about your life in music. Um, because every time I was, I would like, read another paragraph, and I'm like, "Well, then what happened? What happened then? Why did that happen?" <laughs> There's a lot. We don't have enough time to go into that. But, <laughs> but the quality of the album, because it was shut down, and you know, and I don't know about you, but I had friends, you know, back home getting sick. You know, some of them didn't make it. Yeah, you know, and um, family members, that sort of thing. And I kept thinking, geez, you know, I'm getting this, I'm getting this COVID money because I wasn't working. I was getting unemployment and also getting this COVID money, you know, from the government. And I was like, wow, I wonder if I could buy another guitar. And then I thought, you know, that's stupid. I, you know, I got plenty of guitars and guitars that I really, really love. And, and, um, and I kept thinking, you know what? I need to do something because I don't have kids. I I never chose to have children. And um, so I thought, well, I need something that's going to be like sort of like a testament, you know, something that I could like see somebody 50, 75 years from now flipping through a used record bin and going, this looks interesting. I wonder what this is, you know, and taking it home because, you know, when you look at these artists that uh, you love that have died, like, you know, Tom Petty, for instance, you know, it's an emotional thing when they, when they pass, even though you 
You don't know them. You don't know them from Adam. You don't know them. The only way you know them is through their recorded history, through right. their albums that you, you know, have a bond with. So I thought, you know, that's better than a kid, and I don't have to feed it and put it through college. So, <laughs> and I thought, this is what I'll do. I'll go ahead and do this, and if I don't do any other record at all, at least there's this, and it's out there, and that's good enough for me, you know? And um, and so, but when I when I got it, and I, and I first I first got it back, I got the test pressing back from uh, Disc Makers. I put it on, and I was like, wow, I'm actually, I'm you know, I'm listening to myself, something that I wrote, something that I recorded with my friends on vinyl, you know, and I was like, it was, it was, it was just moving, you know, because I was like, I'm trying to listen, I'm trying to listen to mistakes or pops or crackles because that's what test pressings are all about. And I couldn't get over the emotional impact that I'm actually putting the needle down in here and listening to something that I actually wrote. And it was it was pretty pretty cool it was pretty cool i think any musician of a certain age you know who's recorded you know and put something out on vinyl could probably tell you the exact same thing yeah wait once you drop that needle on it and you hear that mm-hmm. that crisp at the beginning and then the mm-hmm. song hits it it's like i don't know when I, we when we it's a good thing we used to do that. It was like no better, no better feeling than to say, I wrote that and here it is forever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and when you're when you're a kid and you're listening to an album, you know, I used to take like, you know, any Beatle album, you know, actually that really stood out for me was Rubber Soul. I mean, before I, I was album. like five. Rubber Soul was my favorite album of all time. Yeah. But you know, you put it on, you look at the cover. Turn it over. You read the liner notes again, you know, and you look at the picture, and you could just imagine what they were doing as they were recording this. So, yeah. you know, so that's what that's sort of the the what I wanted to recreate, you know, a little bit. So I don't know if I was successful at that, but hopefully, hopefully. It, oh my god, I, it's it's a great record. When I was I was like, uh, when I was listening to it, I listened to it by. Um, in my basement on my record player and then mm-hmm. i went and listened to it in my car uh yeah on Bandcamp, and uh the the thing that stuck out the most was uh when there when there would be a, a measure in in a song uh-huh. it very rarely duplicated the previous is that if that makes any sense in the way i'm i'm thinking uh like you do uh-huh. a little you do a little melody and then you change it up again the next time, and then you change it up again. And uh, yeah. I, I, the guitar playing's fantastic on it, and it was uh, well. And the the writing, the writing of, there's there's a lot of good guitar players on here. I mean, I do. I chose these songs because um, when you first hear the melody, you know that's me on melody guitar. Like when you hear some like crazy lead like say like if you're listening to this and like black sand beach the first track track you know opening up side one track one black sand beach use a yuzo uh kaima um that singer international right and um that's gary evans gary evans is like the really fast stuff that you hear 
that's Gary, because Gary came from a um, almost a metal background. Yeah. He used to listen to a lot of L7, you know, and a lot of uh, other metal sort of stuff. And, right. And to, I, he'll hate me when he sees this, when I say it's all metal, but it's not all <laughs> metal. But like he, he definitely had that, um, that really speedy, you know, dexterity in his fingers that I could never get playing lead every I, I used to joke to uh all my uh, bandmates like you know look I got one I got one Chuck Berry lead and I'm playing in different keys so don't expect much more <laughs> <laughs> you know and you know but like him and uh and and George Dial George Dial when you listen to George on some of these things he's playing a telly on that George is from Perry Florida you know you think that Blundstown Florida where my hometown was pretty damn country. Perry, Georgia was like way out in the hicks. You know, I mean, it was crazy. Um, but like when you listen to his lead, he bends a lot. He uh, he makes his his Telecaster sound almost like a cat crying, you know, which is a great sort of country sort of thing yeah. that he brought into it. So he's got a bit of this country feel. And so when you notice that, in these songs, you'll know like who's doing what. Um, as far as like some of the Surf King stuff is concerned, um, the Surf Kings, I formed that with my best friend from high school, Steve Adams. Steve could play guitar. He was a really great guitar player. In uh, that, most of that stuff, um, other than uh, my the one that I wrote, uh, The Tower, um, that was like my first, first song that I wrote on with the uh, of guitar, I had this melody, and uh, and I just repeated the the the, uh, the lick. I remember sending it off to uh, to Phil Dirt to review one time, like back back then, way back then when Phil Dirt was doing this thing. Uh, he reviewed it. He goes, uh, "Great fun song, um, very hook oriented. You know, it's one <laughs> one melody line repeated, repeated, repeated." And I was like. Is that a good review? I, I can't tell. <laughs> but like, you know, things like that on some of the, the uh, Surf King stuff, I'm like chunking on rhythm and playing second guitar when Steve is actually taking more of the lead stuff. Uh, except on things like Walking Bristol Bridge, I'm like Mr. Melody on that. And uh, what was the, the Tower, same thing. Um, geez, what was the other? Was there one more on here? Um, Morpheus, Morpheus, I'm playing rhythm on that one. And Steve is just doing like a little very single note thing on the strat. That was back when we used to play uh, strats through uh, Silverface uh, Master Volume Twins. And let me tell you, you want to talk about loud? We were crazy loud, but um, we were we we kept it when we kept it controllable. So that was the <laughs> thing. So. It's e oh, let me tell you, it's easy to get loud. It's way too easy to get too loud. Yeah, so you just gotta, you just, I, I feel like I've finally maybe have come to the, to the point where I can judge a crowd and say, okay, am I too loud? Let me turn down, you know, let me turn down. <laughs> so, but yeah, but the surf music really be loud to a certain extent to really get the message of the song through because it's like Dick Dale said, it's like a feeling. It's more of a feeling when you're on that wave. It's a natural force. And so like when you have like a showman amp behind you or a twin 
behind you, yeah, you're going to be pushing some air. And, um, and you know, and you only have to put that thing up. You only have to put a twin or a showman up like at three and like it's already way too loud for almost yeah. an auditorium. <laughs> I, have a, I have a 212 sitting right back here. And, oh, uh, uh-huh. and uh, I live in a townhome. I can only have the thing at one before the walls start shaking. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm the older i get the smaller my amps become or the more lightweight they become so i have to uh i just do that because i'm like you know nobody wants to hear me like blow their damn ears out with the same chuck mary solo nobody so <laughs> so i just uh i have like a little princeton mainly now that i really love i do have a uh, a blonde 62 tremolux fender tremolux which has got two tens in it which is gorgeous but um i hardly ever take it out so and i have a surfy bear reverb tank oh, nice because honestly i had a uh i had a fender reissue reverb tank and back in the Novarays when i was using that thing i mean i used to get up on the damn uh, um, reverb tank during shows and ride it like a skateboard and then play and then like come down to, to crash the reverb so like every other week it was in the shop I mean I probably paid like 300 for it brand new but I'm sure I paid at least three times as much to get it fixed and worked on <laughs> yeah so but anyway, yeah, we're kind of reaching a, a point here. Um, is there uh, a, any any more uh, questions that you might have or anything you want to uh, touch on? Well, I I wanted to tell you, you asked me yeah. what my opinion of the Sunnyside 5 was. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, I, I think it's great. You can definitely tell, um, you can tell why it's called Pink Slick. Um mm-hmm. The beginning, you can see the, the girl there on the cover. Right. Where she used to have the flags or the hankies or whatever they had. Mm-hmm. And uh, the song, the song Pink Slip definitely tells a story. And you could definitely, it, it, it's it's very well produced. Um, but but I, I, I think it's aptly named and it's just a really great tune. It's a great band. Cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. The core of that band is uh, myself, um, my bass player, uh, Zusha Hilderman, and uh, uh, my uh, drummer, uh, Adam. Um, Adam is like Brooklyn as Brooklyn can be. He's like talking to Bugs Bunny, right? You know, (laughs) great drummer, fun guy. Uh, and really knows how to deliver, you know, during a recording yeah. session. You know, he's he's a great drummer because he doesn't overplay. But when you need him to like, you know, really build the energy, totally there, and that's really cool. Zusha is fun too. Zusha came from um, from the Netherlands, and um, she um, has been in San Francisco about. 10 years or so, I want to say, um, married to an amazing fellow who was like one of the best guitar players I've ever been a guitar player. And, uh, and Zoo has been playing bass only about four or five years, maybe. Oh. And, uh, and she got together. I met both of them at a jam session, you know, back when I first moved here. And I was like, these, these guys are really tight together as a rhythmic 
uh, a rhythm unit, you know? I could see Zoo following Adam, you know, and also Adam playing off of Zoo very, very well. I mean, the two of those are like, those two were like, you know, brother and sister, you know, and it's, it's so weird. I mean, and the three of us, when we got together and formed the band, it really came together quickly. And uh, simply because our chemistry was so good. I mean, we're, we're all older and um, like, and what was I going to say? Um, um, the thing about um, the band, it's called the Sunnyside Five, but there's only really three of us at the core. I mean, we've had um, four people. We've had, you know, a full load of five people at, at one time, but like guitar, lead guitar players will come and go. Um, and uh, keyboard players, you know, kind of come together. Right now, we're playing with uh, the fantastic uh, 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 John, John Ashfield of the Bobbleheads, and also his secret identity as this guy. Yeah. Oh, you got the vinyl. I do, and it's and it's uncolored. He he had he and his husband would color these things, right? Yeah, yeah, saying, yeah. No, I just want it. I just want it. I want it just like this, John. This is the way I want it because it's so well put together. And John is such an amazing musician. You know, he's so cool. And um, and look at that. You want to see some something cool? Look at that. Look at that vinyl. Isn't that nice? Awesome. Clear vinyl. Yeah. Love it. Love that stuff. So, yeah. So John's playing keyboard with us. And I have this old uh, Fender uh, Contempo keyboard uh, that sounds a little bit like a Vox or a little bit like a uh, Farfisa. And uh, it's really, really bright. So you have to watch the volume with it. But he makes it sound perfect with the stuff that we do. And mind you, it's a lot more garage rock covers and garage rock originals than surf. I mean, the only thing that we're doing right now is promoting Pink Slip. Um, and we're doing some more instrumentals, but mainly at the heart of it, you know, I like, I like to sing Trog's tunes. So, you know, yeah. it's like that, you know, or them, you know, that kind of stuff. So any, anything by the Sandells, I love the Sandells. So yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of that, a lot of that. I mean, and some people are like, you know, ah, covers. I'm like, hell yeah, they're great, you know, because like if people are into it and you're into it, you can you can make make a a cover version, your own version without sacrificing um, what what made that original record just so, you know, amazing to you to begin with. So, yeah. So. So, yeah. Yeah. So basically the Sunnyside Five, everybody sees us as a three piece and they go. Where's the other two? And I'm like, well, they can't make it. They can't make it this time. Maybe next time. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so glad that we were able to uh, to talk uh, tonight. Uh, oh, me too. Ryan, because I'm just so glad to see what you're doing and promoting surf music and uh, and just and doing all these great interviews. It's great. And I and I do apologize. I, I John probably warned you that I talk a lot. So <laughs> he told me that you guys were talking about if I had you on at the same time. Oh yeah. It would be, I, it would I, be, I would, be like, you would have to, it would be like for guitar nerds only, you know, it really would be. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate that your support 
and uh and the time you take I, I I'm always grateful that um the musicians put aside time of, uh, during their day to talk to me because everybody's got lives they're doing they're playing oh, yeah. the band they're working they they got families um but I I really appreciate your time I really um I really enjoyed that that full length that you put out uh it, it's just so crisp and the and the tremolo mm -hmm. picking is so good um I I just uh I, I had it listed in my store. I had two copies and I took one uh -huh. out. I, I took one out to keep it <laughs> because I said, well, so, some of these I, I like and I like, oh, they're so hard to sell. Like, I just want to keep uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I understand. And thank you for the compliment. That's really, that's really cool. That's very cool. You know, it's so funny because like um, that album uh, will be a year old this Christmas because I had it released last year at Christmas. And uh, so this past year has been really good because I've been able to get a little bit of traction on it. And like yeah. I said, I really wanted to get it into some record stores to see yeah. if it's sell it but of course you know the most money i can make from it is just you know people contacting me or laguna bay which is my you know yeah. my business end of uh the thing uh laguna bay lb lewis bailey get it yeah yeah whatever yeah. whatever <laughs> Not, no biggie so anyway i was going to tell you about some of the the uh, album the uh, the places that i have the album at um in san francisco in the bay area amoeba records has a oh uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. They one. were. It was. It was really nice. I mean, I, I wasn't sure how to do this, and I was like, I went in like, well, I'll just see if I can see if I can sell these records for like costs and whatever, or, or trade for like a a t-shirt or you know a, a hoodie. You know, yeah. you need a hoodie. You need a hoodie in San Francisco, so everybody needs a hoodie. So I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll promote this. They can have my record in the thing. If it sells, that's great. If not, you know that's cool because I'm promoting them with a hoodie or whatever. But, uh, but anyway, they were super nice and they were able to take a few copies and, and they were like going, they called me back and they go, do you got any more? Because I could, we could sell these. And I was like, yeah, I'll bring them to you. And so they bought them, you know, outright. And so I thought that was really cool. So that got me going to uh, see if I could contact some other record stores that I knew back in Florida and stuff. And like, um, Attic Records in Pittsburgh. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, go to Attic Records. They have a copy. Uh, Walk Street in Athens. They're supposed to have a couple of copies there. So that's cool. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Eric, uh, at Revolver Records in Pensacola, uh, Pensacola, Florida, in the Panhandle. If you're in Mobile or Pensacola, go by Eric's place because he's got a couple of copies there. Rock and Roll Heaven, my favorite record store in Orlando, Florida, has a few copies. Those guys, great, great guys there. Uh, I already mentioned um, Amoeba. Avant Garb is a, uh, a place, a little, um, oh, what would you call Avant Garde? More of a vintage store? Yeah, it's a vintage uh, clothing store. Um, in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, College Town, right? So um, she sells, her and her husband, so they have a, like a little section of the store that's like used records and, and yeah. records. And uh, she has very few new records and mine happens to be one of them. Nice. But she's got a whole bunch of like cool used records and such. And her husband, Eric, is just an amazing record collection. 
And let me tell you, if there's one type of person I love to, to talk to and get along with, it's record collectors. You know, they're all out there and they're all like the best people. They're all so cool because they're like, I call them uh, information. Their brains are information sponges. They know all, all this detail about anything you can imagine. And I'm like, this is heaven to me because, you know, this is a course that I would major in in college, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So if you want to get it that, you know, there, or you can just contact me through my Bandcamp address. It's lewisbailey.bandcamp.com. Or uh, if you want to just get it directly from me, uh, Laguna Bay Records at sonic.net. PayPal is, is the preferred method. Keeps me, keeps me straight. I know, I know who's ordering what and that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah. like I said, the album is like uh, 20 bucks plus five bucks shipping. The single is $10 plus $5 shipping. And trust me, it would be a lot less if it, if it wasn't on vinyl. So, and Bandcamp, you can download it if you want for a lot less. But, you know, vinyl, you know, like I said, it's my love affair with vinyl. That's why I put it out. So, it, so it sounds better. <laughs> it sounds better. Whatever. <laughs> 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 but I know, I know what you're talking about. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. So. But thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much. You have a great night and have a really great Christmas and New Year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm going to go see the Merman for New Year's Eve. Uh, I've never seen them before, and I cannot wait. I hear they're just amazing. And, you know, it's weird when you listen to some bands on record, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. But then when you see them live, you walk away from that live performance like, holy crap. Yeah. You know? So, and everybody tells me the mermen are exactly like that. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. So awesome. Awesome. Well, you have a good luck with the sunny side five and have a lot of fun with that coming out out of COVID and getting back into the game. Uh, Oh yeah. Pink pink slip was a a step in the right direction. I I love the artwork and it's a great tune. And uh, I just really appreciate your time and um, you know, that you considered talking to me is uh is an honor oh no thank you i mean you know we all gotta we all gotta do our part to uh promote yeah. you know music that we like and things that we like i mean it's more important now than ever so yeah yeah so but thank you so much i do appreciate it thank you so much lewis okay we'll see ya